Hey listeners, and welcome to the Gals Chat Podcast. As always, we're bringing you unique voices in the STEM community. This is your co-host, Amy. And this is your co-host, Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Nikki Vicetti, who is going to talk to us about product management and getting started in investing in crypto. Nikki is an electrical engineer turned product manager. She leads authentication services at a data services startup where she works on engineering teams, leadership, and marketing. In her spare time, she is an advocate of Bitcoin and creates educational content that helps women understand the value of cryptocurrencies and how to get started. So welcome, Nikki. How are you doing? Hello, welcome, Nikki. I'm doing great. And thanks so much for having me. Of course. No, thanks for being here. I'm so excited to learn more. Yeah. And I'm so excited to share my journey and chat more with you guys on the different topics we're going to cover. Yes. I feel like this is going to be so cool because, I mean, we'll touch a little bit on it later when we get started talking about crypto, but you were recently on Fox News, right? Yes, I was. That was, so, <laughs> that was cool. so cool. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> Thank you. And that's what yeah. people get when they start talking about things that they're passionate about and I guess learning on the side as well. So that must have been really exciting. Um, and we're definitely going to need more details on that when we talk about crypto. But to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit more about um, yourself? Because uh, you started off as an electrical engineer, but now you're a PM. So tell us a little bit more about the beginning stages of your journey. Yeah. So when I started out uh, in college, I was studying biomedical engineering, actually. And then I decided to switch my major over to electrical engineering because there was just such a huge demand for software growth as well as hardware. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity for me to kind of dabble in both areas and I ended up graduating with a degree, my bachelor's degree in electrical engineering um, in 2018. And right after college, I joined uh, AWS as a sales engineer. So I was selling cloud products to uh, customers who wanted to use AWS. So anyone who was like, like a cloud architect to a data scientist who wanted to learn more about AWS's cloud offerings. I was kind of like the main point of contact for them if they needed any technical support or any like demo work to be shown. And then from there, I just realized that I was not sales material. Like I didn't really have like a salesy personality. And it was kind of like a boys club too, in a way, which I didn't really enjoy. And I'm someone who's very like creative and likes to think outside the box. And I just really like working with engineers. So I decided to just pursue something that might get me closer to that. And eventually I was able to get myself into a product manager role at a data services startup where I am like the lead product manager for authentication. So authentication, as you know, is like a pretty basic concept, but a lot of people don't use it. Unfortunately, it's pretty much uh, enabling two-factor authentication as well as showing customers how to use single sign-on. And it's really important because it gives customers that layer of security that's so important and relevant these days, especially since everyone is remote and distributed, which means that there is an increased number of hacker attacks, phishing attacks, ransomware attacks, and so forth. So it's just great that I get to work on something that really helps improve security best practices for customers. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I feel like right now we're all very familiar, or at least most of the apps that I've been using have that uh, two-step verification included, or that's what they're changing to. So I definitely noticed that change, and that's really cool that you're part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have to become more acquainted with uh, coding or was your experience in the sales sector of AWS enough to get your foot in the door with product management? Yeah, so I would say that, oh, so one more thing I forgot to mention was in between my like stint from AWS to my PM role right now, I was also a product marketing manager um, at Mm -hmm. Spotify. That was my second job out of college. And that was a role where I got to work more on like the go-to market side, developer tools and cloud products. So I got to work with a lot of different engineers and help them use a lot of Spotify's APIs. So Spotify actually develops um, third-party APIs for other folks to use so they could integrate that into their client platforms. So that actually gave me a lot of kind of quote-unquote PM experience because I was working so closely with them that it kind of showed me what it was like to be a PM. And part of me was just like, you know, I'm actually doing a lot of PM work for these product managers as a product marketing manager. Why not take that leap of faith and actually become a PM myself? So those skills that I learned from my product marketing role transferred over very well into my current role. Oh, that's amazing. So that's great. So you were able to kind of practice those skills before you made that jump into product management. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, okay. that's pretty cool. cool. And you worked at Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was fun. So how did you end up getting your foot in the door in product management, even though, you know, your background was in electrical engineering? I know you talked about the skills, but in terms of like hiring and interviewing, how did you go about that process? Honestly, to be transparent, it was very tough getting a PM role. Mm-hmm. Like, Typically, the candidates that they take in tend to be like folks who have an MBA or they came from like a Harvard or a Stanford or they worked at like a a FANG as a product manager. I didn't have any of the above on my resume, but I just kept applying. I was very persistent. I mean, I got so many rejections left and right. Like I probably got over like maybe like honestly 200 rejections for PM roles because it's just so competitive. But I think all it takes is just one person to believe in you, right? Like one person to give you the chance. And I got that from my current manager. And I'm so grateful for that. That's so awesome. So you left Spotify for that PM role. Yes, I was was at a point where I just wasn't learning anymore in my role. Like Mm -hmm. Spotify is a super cool company. Like, you know, I still have so much respect for it. But at the same time, like if you're in a dead end role, regardless of where you work, you're just going to feel so drained every day and it's not even going to be enjoyable. That makes Exactly. Sense. For sure. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's really good that you decided to just take your career in your own hands because at the end of the day, that's that's what you got to do. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we all know that you're the cryptocurrency queen. product manager by the day bitcoin pop star at night so (laughs) tell us more about how your journey in investing first started and you know what first kind of piqued your interest into cryptocurrency yeah so when i started investing in bitcoin this was in college actually so i i had a lot of so i was an electrical engineer and i was 
my friend circle was obviously like very nerdy engineering CS students. So like, you know, what better thing do we have going on than to just like, you know, invest in like something that's in the internet has no co-founder, no nothing. So I decided to invest in like Bitcoin because I saw it as a way to democratize access to financial resources. So I think in today's capital markets, it tends to be very skewed in the sense that the people that end up winning tend to be like the white men and hedge funds. And they're not necessarily like everyday people. And I also thought that Bitcoin would give a way to almost create generational wealth for people who don't come from it. Like it's it's done very well over the past 11 years that it's in, that it's been in existence and it just keeps going up in value. So I saw it as a way to not just make a quick buck, but also like invest in something that could potentially be the future because Bitcoin is the first real life application of blockchain, which is a way to store data in blocks essentially. And there's so many like valuable propositions to Bitcoin, everything from being peer to peer, being decentralized, the way that these signatures work. And I just saw it as a way to just like improve personal freedom for like anybody who's interested in investing in it. So that's when I got started, started investing in college. And then once I got a little older and I had a bit more money, I was able to invest a bit more into it. That's awesome. So I think I remember uh, learning that you started off with one coin, was it? Of mm-hmm. one Bitcoin. Yeah. And that was back in uh, 2017. And mm-hmm. so what happened after you invested it in that one coin? Yeah, so at the end of that year, actually, I ended up selling it to pay for my college tuition. I just had to, um, because I, I got an email from my British's office. And I was like, you know what, let me help my parents out and like pay this off. Um, and they were very happy about it. And then uh, I timed it very well, because shortly after that, Bitcoin crashed. So I didn't have any Bitcoin anymore after that. But then I slowly started buying it a bit more once I graduated, because I saw this like as something that could potentially peak in value, maybe in like, 2024 or 2025 there just wasn't a lot of like like adoption that we see right now like now the people who invest in bitcoin like the big names like elon musk jack dorsey Mm -hmm. jay-z all these big name players were coming um into the picture but back then honestly it was just like nerdy people like me (laughs) um who were like probably in their dorm room buying bitcoin and selling it but i just think the landscape has just changed so much now right that's so cool. The fact that you started off at the beginning and with one coin and then decided to sell that before the market crashed to yeah. pay for your college tuition. That must have been a great feeling, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And the craziest part is like, it wasn't just me who had Bitcoin. It was like a lot of my friends. So I was not only seeing myself making thousands of dollars, but also my peers. It was just such a cool moment to like walk into the library and have everyone open their like Coinbase profile and like, you know, talk about what they were investing in. It was just, it was just such an amazing way to bond. And it was like, like, honestly, it's like the cherry on top for my senior year. That's pretty awesome. That's a great community to have around you because I know uh, for a lot of people that's um, money still a taboo topic or they don't really talk much about investing and all of that stuff. So um, that's pretty cool that you got to experience that. For listeners who might not be as familiar with crypto or investing, how would you recommend them to like get started with crypto? Let's start off like, 
I don't know, what do they download or make an account? Where do they make an account? And what is the best way to get started? Yeah, so I have a lot of, um, so I have a couple blog posts about that. And I also have a YouTube video on it. But to give like a high level as to how to get started, I would recommend picking a brokerage platform first uh, to buy Bitcoin or whatever crypto you want. So there are a couple platforms, but these are the ones that I recommend using. So Coinbase, uh, Voyager, Gemini, and you could also use Robinhood as well, because I know that's a widely adopted platform. And what you do is you, you just have to connect your bank account to it. You pick a crypto that you want to invest in. It can be, so these are the big players or Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, pick one of those. Um, and a lot of people ask, like, how much should I invest? What's the right amount? Unfortunately, like, I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't give, like, prescribed information. But mm-hmm. I can just give, a re- like, what other people do. A lot of folks do dollar cost averaging. So they put a little bit of money over an increment of time instead of putting it all up front. So this way you're gradually increasing your assets without like, you know, risking it all up front because, you know, with crypto, you just never know, right? It could crash one day, it could get parabolic gains the other day. So a lot of people put it in increments. So that's an approach a lot of folks do. And from there, you just have to just watch the market grow. Um, I also recommend like reading stuff on like CoinMarketCap and the other news outlets. I also post a lot. So you can just watch my stories and have <laughs> yes. content itself, whatever you're choosing. And, and that'll really just help you get a foundation into it. You keep us very well updated with the crypto news. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh, I guess this is a side question, but what's your opinion on, let's say PayPal, because I feel like a lot of people are, or you can also buy crypto on PayPal as well. Have you tried doing that? Or, I mean, would you recommend just keeping all of your assets and investments in one one account, right? Yeah. So I have heard of people using PayPal. I So I've never used PayPal for the process for the point of buying and selling crypto. I, I can see it being like a great place to store your money because it's secure. PayPal is a, a, a good firm. It's well-established. I would recommend putting your crypto in one brokerage account because it gets easy to track. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was using different accounts for different purposes because I couldn't find all the altcoins I wanted to buy on Coinbase. So I would go on different platforms. But I think now Coinbase is really expanding their offerings and they're doing a really good job keeping up to date with like the trends in the market. And you're seeing that being reflected. But it honestly just depends on like your personality and what you're looking for. Like if you're someone who just wants like that singular location to view your assets, just do one brokerage platform. But if you don't mind spreading it across different platforms, I would do that as well. And do you mostly just invest in crypto or are you investing in different types of assets as well? I invest in different assets as well. So crypto is only a certain percentage of my portfolio. The majority bulk is actually in like index funds, ETFs, tech stocks, And I think it's very important to diversify too, because sometimes you just don't know where the market is going to go. For example, like a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you guys recall, but the tech stocks and all the, the, any of the stocks that had to do anything with like information technology or tech or like hardware, they had a huge dip in the market. 
and it was it wiped out a lot of a lot of money and it was kind of stressful because a lot of people were panicking and it really made me think like wow this is why i need to diversify because you just never know what's going to happen in the market right yeah i remember that dip <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel that. like with tech i think right now it's kind of um predicted to definitely continue going up uh, mm-hmm. with the way things are going mm-hmm. but yeah that's really good information so you pretty much create content on YouTube, you have your blog, your website, and on Instagram, and it's it's all really helpful, but what first got you interested in, you know, not just investing yourself, right, but then to take that to the next level and then share that information with everyone, and how has that helped you in your career? Yeah, so something I'm really passionate about is like educating women on like financial literacy and like showing how important it is to invest in the capital markets. A lot of that stemmed from my childhood. So my parents were immigrants from India. They kind of distrusted the stock markets. They (laughs) didn't like investing. That was not something that they wanted to do because in India, people don't really invest in the stock market. At least my family really didn't. A lot of people like in their investment is like gold, right? So like, I remember growing up, my family would buy like a bunch of gold and I would be very confused. Like, why are we doing this? That was actually an investment in their eyes because gold is a way to hedge against inflation. And I didn't learn that until as I got older. And when I got older, like I realized like, wow, you know, my parents missed out on so much stock market gains in the 25 years that we've been in America. What can I do to not only better myself, also help my sister as well, who's also an emerging engineer, but also other brown women who are kind of in the same boat as me and are confused about like what they should invest in. Like, should they do this or should they not do this because their family hadn't done it before? But I really just thought like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot my shot. I'm going to put this money in. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen anyways? If I lose it, like, I don't think it'll ever go to zero. I might have a little loss, but I think I can recover. And I did it. And it was such a good risk that I took. And I'm really happy I did that because I've met so many brilliant women who who are all in tech. And it's just so crazy. Like a lot of women just, I mean, they're making good money, but they don't know where to put this money into, like what can give them the right yield and the right interest. And it's just, it's incredible. Like, I feel like a lot of these like brokerage platforms should focus on these women in tech who have a high earning potential and try to help them like figure out where to allocate their asset assets. And I think that can be a huge area of growth. And I really want to like advocate and push for that because I think more money belongs in the hands of women because we tend to be marginalized. We tend to be discriminated. Like I've been in interviews with recruiters before where, you know, you're having this conversation about compensation. And when you give them like, you know, like a a good range, they get kind of offended because they're like, you know, you don't have that much experience. And like, you just graduate from college. But you know, that doesn't mean anything. Like if you have the right skills, then you should be able to get the highest compensation available. And I don't know, I just felt like I was being like, kind of cheated by society. (laughs) Because when I would ask for a raise, or if I would ask for like, you know, more money, like I would just always get shut down, like, oh, you're too young, you don't know what you're talking about, like, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to invest my money in the markets and let's see how that works. And it ended up being such a great decision for myself. And I want to continue to advocate for more women to do that. That's beautiful. Yes, I'm going to clap. I want to clap right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'll be we too We can try snapping. 
<laughs> yes, I so definitely want to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think it's so important. I mean, no, I was just mainly going to agree with your purpose. It, it's definitely something that uh, there's a lot of movement for recently uh, and a lot more women are starting to get more into investing. And I think how all this information is becoming more accessible through social media and accounts like yours, it's extremely beneficial and it's a great time to take take action. So I'm super excited. I'm right there with you. I feel like I also started investing because as a like first generation student and immigrant and it was just like there's no financial background or financial literacy background from our families mm-hmm. with all the opportunities that I kind of offer that we have access to. So it's definitely an exciting journey to, you know, just be trailblazing, trailblazing the the way to get more money into women's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could definitely super exciting. I could definitely relate too because you know I'm also my parents are also from India and migrated here and and my parents didn't even invest in gold <laughs> so we pretty much don't. <laughs> even, but I know what you're talking about that gold craze that all of yeah, our parents. brown parents have. It's it's like yeah. the thing to do and but yeah same here mm-hmm. like my parents didn't really invest or believe in that and they kind of looked at it as like a way to just throw your money like you're gambling. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, um, exactly. that's what I learned is like when I started looking into this, it's it's not necessarily like gambling if you know what you're investing and putting your money into, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Education is super important. Yeah. But like then again, it's like I do hear sometimes it's like, oh, well, I'm an engineer. I have a good income. And it's true. Like we do have the income to be able to invest in the stock market, whether that be cryptocurrencies or other assets. But why would you say somebody should invest at all? Like, like okay, yeah, what's her motivation like, behind investing? Yeah, like, or how can we show that this, this movement essentially is inclusive and for everyone to participate in? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So one really good, like, way that I can talk about this is like, we all know what inflation is, right? Like inflation is the price of goods increasing over a year or so. So last year, because of the pandemic, the government has pumped so much money into the market, right? We all know that like printed thousands of dollars for everybody, which is a good thing because a lot of people needed that help. They needed that support from the government. However, it follows that supply and demand model that sometimes I talk about. So like if there's more supply, then the demand goes down. And if the demand goes down, that means the price is going to decrease because the US dollar is competing with all the different foreign exchanges, right? Like it competes with the yen, the rupee, all the different currencies. So because the, the federal government has printed so much money into the market, the inflation price goes up. And this actually happens every year. It's not just because of last year. In, mm-hmm. Inflation tends to be around three to seven percent every year, and you you kind of hear like older generations talk about this, right? Like they'll say like, "Oh, my ten dollars from like the nineteen seventies is now worth like you know ten thousand dollars or something like that," right? Mm-hmm. It's because of inflation. So when you invest in the stock market, you're hedging against that inflation, so that so that way your assets actually increase with the stock market gains. Whereas if you leave it in your checking account, you're dollar from like 2020 is now like probably 95 cents. 
and then compound that dollar over like 10 years, right? You've now lost like 70 cents because of that, because of inflation and so forth. So that's why I encourage investing in the market because this is a way that you can continuously grow your wealth along with the Fortune 500 companies who tend to do very well. And then the next question tends to be like, okay, what should I invest in? Like tech stocks are very risky because you never know what's going to happen. Crypto is like too volatile for me. Like, I don't think I can do that. A really good option to do is actually like ETFs and index funds. So what those are, are they're like a basket of stocks from like different high performing companies. So I can give one example. I invest in this one stock called this one ETF called VGT. It's the Vanguard Technology Index Fund. So this means that it's a pool of stocks from big tech companies like NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft. And these stocks tend to do very well, right? Because tech always does well. There's always going to be a demand for Microsoft products. There's always going to be a need for NVIDIA, Cisco. Um, So these stocks are continuously doing very well. And last year, I think the, the gain was about 45%. So this means that if you put in like, like $5,000, that $5,000 is like around like 7,000 now, which means you just gained two grand just by putting your money into an index fund, which is awesome. Right. And like, that's almost like a a bonus for someone, like your year bonus, Mm -hmm. but you just got it from the stock market for, by doing nothing. You just, Mm -hmm. you just, you just ate, you just did your, did your job, did your life. And then your value, your assets just increase. And that's the beauty of the stock market. You don't have to do anything sometimes and it just it just goes up. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a great motivation behind investing. Um, the thought of your money just going up while you're just living your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely comes with good money management skills and the education that we were talking about. So if you want to learn more, definitely go check out Nikki's page because she talks about this a lot. And it's really <laughs> helpful information. <laughs> so with your social media, uh, has this benefited your career um, or what kind of benefits have you seen from mainly growing your social presence or your social media platform? I would say that it's the benefits have been twofolded. So I think the press coverage was definitely great. Like just being on Fox Business, NPR, New York Post, that was really awesome because I remember in my previous role at Spotify when I was a product marketing manager, it was very difficult for me to get opportunities to talk to press because I was just such a junior employee that they didn't trust me in a way. But um, it was something I always wanted to do. So I was like, you know what, why don't I like talk about my opinions on social media and maybe that'll like start start a buzz with some media channel and that's actually what happened. And I was like, very happy about it. And it was like, always my dream to talk to like some news channel. And I got that opportunity. And I think that's also the power of social media. Like, it can give you so many opportunities that you can't get from your nine to five, because your nine to five is so defined by your manager or your higher ups, that you really don't have the flexibility that you would if you just did your own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's why we call it our, our personal brand, right? At the end of the day, it's kind of our own little business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where we represent what we believe in. We have our values and we're able to be ourselves and talk about what makes us happy and mm-hmm. what we enjoy doing. So love love what you're doing. You. Could you talk a little bit more about maybe some challenges that you have faced, whether it was in your career 
or maybe social media or in how you overcame them? Yeah, I would say I've had so many challenges, like in not only like my adult life, but also like probably in college too. But I've always been like such a half glass full kind of girl. And I got this quote actually from Priyanka Chopra. Like I was reading some <laughs> blog post that she wrote or like she was in some like something and she was like, and some reporter was like, you know, Priyanka, you've been through so much in life. Like you've gone through like the death of your father. Like, you know, you grew up in India where as an actress who's not from like a Bollywood family and you, you know, you've gone through so much racism and all that stuff. Like, how do you like, you know, persist even through that? And she was like, you know, I've always been like a half glass full kind of girl. So I always like to like see the brighter side of things. And that really struck with me. Like, I think I read that blog post when I was like 19 or something when I like failed my first electrical engineering course. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) they can do engineering. But that was actually a very like good learning lesson for me because I learned that failure does not define you as a person. It's just that one moment in your life, right? Like just a little blip and you can get over it and move on with your life. And I think even as I got into my adulthood, like, you know, you face so many things, right? Like sometimes men in corporate America can be kind of sexist. You know, they mansplain you, like they, they don't give you opportunities to shine or they don't, don't like take in your feedback. That was something that happened to me, like in my first job a lot. Like I, I had a mentor who basically like just treated me like I was, I don't know, like I was not, not technical and I wasn't like good enough for the job and it left like a sour taste in my mouth. What? But, yeah. I also learned that like maybe sales is not the environment for me because it was mm-hmm. kind of a boys club. Mm-hmm. Like it was basically like all the frat guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean or stereotype, but that literally is what sales is. And like, I didn't know that. Like when I, signed up for the job, right? Because like my parents were just like, oh, cool, you got a job at Amazon, which is like such a good company, right? So I didn't like think about like, oh, you know, what if I don't like sales? It was just like, you know, I have to take this opportunity and stick through with it. And then I just realized that, you know, like I'm more like creative. I like working with engineers. Like I'm a nerdy person. Like I want to do something that that's going to get me closer to product development teams. And then I made that pivot and it was good. And then, you know, product marketing didn't work out for me either. And then I pivoted again. So like pretty much in every point of my life, I just had to be creative and like pivot in some way because that's what kept me going. And in a way, I I think that's a good thing to embrace failure because it helps you, helps you kind of refine yourself as a person and you can see it as an opportunity to grow. Yeah, that's totally what it's all about. And I think at the end of the day, you you end up finding what's what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we see it or call it as failure, it's just, I guess, a trial and an error process of mm-hmm. finding what's right for us. Exactly. And it's important that you persisted and continued pivoting mm-hmm. and, you know, exploring your options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to think progress over perfection, you know. To keep moving yeah. forward. And as long as you're, you know, learning, you're growing, even even if you do fail at something along the way. So I love that mm-hmm. advice. Yeah. So yeah. gotta keep it fun. Gotta yeah. make life yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> We're here for quite a bit, hopefully. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are some things you do when you're not working to relax or take care of yourself for self-care? Yeah. So I've been, I've been working out quite a bit. Like I do like, I have like a little routine that I've been following. So basically like working out for me has always been like a tough thing. Like I was definitely not fit growing up. Like 
I felt like my parents were like, I'm not going to blame it on them, but obviously like growing up in an immigrant household, like, you know, health was not something that was prioritized. Like a lot of the food my family would make was like very like carb heavy, oil heavy, all that stuff. And then once I like graduated college and I was like an adult and I was, you know, learning and figuring myself out, I realized that like I wanted to become more healthy, but it's just so hard to get started and like stay consistent. And then finally during this pandemic, like around like October or something of last year, I was like, you know what, like I don't have a gym, but why don't I just start working out and do something like ab workouts, like leg workouts, something. So I started doing that and like, I've, I've noticed like visible changes, honestly, in like my body, like I've become more toned and I just feel more like energy too, like during the day. So it's something that I've been trying to emulate into my life and just like meditation as well has been something that's like been prioritized for me during this pandemic because we, with the pandemic happening, we were all like remote. So that, that like gave us the opportunity to have time back because we didn't have to commute. Right. Mm -hmm. Or or, like, you know, walk around different floor buildings and like all those use and stuff. So like I use that opportunity to start meditating and I think it's made me become more calm of a person and just like more peaceful because I think like, I just like had a hard time controlling my anxiety because like engineering was stressful for me, you know, life is stressful but it really just gives me something to like look forward to the day and just like eases my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. Working out is always something that helps me too. And then meditating, I feel like it's been a huge help. And, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with like whether that's like stress, anxiety, or just just reconnecting with myself and creativity wise too. So that's that's pretty cool mm-hmm. that you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Helps us stay centered. insane yes (laughs) yeah Yeah, and if if anyone's interested in meditation i recommend using headspace they have like a free version and it's it's really really good like i love that they like talk to you and they like tell you how to do the breathing exercises because honestly meditation is kind of weird when you start like it's like why am Mm -hmm. i closing my eyes and breathing like this is kind (laughs) of awkward um but it actually really really helps you find your inner peace and headspace does a really great job helping you kind of like get into that mindset yeah and they have different like topics and sections for what you want your meditation to focus on. And I, I've actually found it too, uh, helpful as well. And they recently came out with a little documentary on Netflix, or I guess a guided oh. meditation on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. It, was, no it was it was helpful. I need to check um, that out. I heard about that, I think, yeah. recently. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. And I, I made my mom watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> Sat with my sisters and my mom because like they're also kind of new to meditation or I started getting into it. So I'm trying to find a way to like, you know, spread it with mm-hmm. my family and all of that <laughs> stuff because it helped me a lot. But yeah. So what is one piece of advice that you would give to anyone looking to get into investing or changing careers for our listeners that might be wanting to get started in all of this or pursue something similar to your path? So for investing, my advice would be time in the market beats timing the market. And I think that's a very important quote because a lot of people are always like, you know, I'm going to wait to invest. I'll do it next year. And then that year passes by and they're like, okay, I'll do it, you know, five more years later. And then, you know, you miss out on all these gains. Just incrementally get started and I think eventually it will make more sense because if you just keep waiting, you're never really going to know or understand the market because it's just 
the way it works is just so different. So just, just get started. And then actually for career, I would actually say the same thing. Like if you're genuinely not happy in your current role, I know it's going to be tough to, you know, get yourself to kind of admit that and maybe like think like, you know, are there other opportunities for me? Can I succeed in other areas? Because I did not like my first job in sales. And I like honestly thought it was the end of the world because, you know, after the first year, a lot of people get promoted and like, I just wanted to leave. I didn't even care about getting promoted. <laughs> so that really like affected me. And I was like, you know, I'm not gonna be successful. Like, you know, what, why did I even study engineering? Like, I feel like I'm not like using my degree. Like, I feel like I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing, but I ended up just working out fine. I would say, like, I would say that I, I took these, I wouldn't say calculated really, but I, I took a chance on something. Right. And mm-hmm. like, when you're young, I would also emphasize like young women, like if you're like, you know, in your twenties or even your early thirties, like this is a time for you to grow and learn as a person. If you make mistakes, that's totally fine. You can bounce back from it easily. Right. Because you still just have so much room for growth. So just, just take a chance and like, sounds really lame, but follow your heart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the cliches are cliches for a reason. That's what I like to say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I've realized that so many times. I'm like, oh, wow, I actually believe in this cliche now. <laughs> <laughs> like we mock it at the beginning, but at the end of the day, it just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so what does like the future hold for you? Do you have any plans upcoming for yourself, for your career? Yeah, I, I feel like this is always like a tough question because I feel like the world is changing so much. And last year has shown us that. But I would say like, I want to continue to make like my theme is definitely continuing to make content geared towards women helping them with financial literacy. I also love doing partnerships with other companies. I've started doing like some with like brands that aren't related to tech, like, you know, just like I did one with a with a dating app called snack, shout out to snack, go check them out if you can. Um, But it's it's a dating app where it's like a cocktail of like, TikTok and like Tinder. It's very interesting, actually, because like, I haven't been on dating apps in such a long time because I'm in a relationship. But it's just so interesting to see how it's evolved. Like, you literally like upload your TikTok video and like you can swipe on people. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an interesting topic. And the woman who founded it was actually a woman in tech. Like, like I can't remember the name of the app. I think it was like something with fish in the sea. And like match group bought them out. And it was like a, a really good deal. And then she decided to spin her own thing. But it was just very inspirational, just like hearing her, her story and like why she got started. When you do like these brand endorsement stuff, they they do like intro calls with you to talk about the brand and like the founder. And it was just so inspiring to see that like, the things you can do as a woman tech, right? Like you can go from like, engineering to then like launching a dating app, like who would have thought? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite transition, personally. It's, like, from engineering because we're so, like, creative and innovative, but mm-hmm. with, it, like, that technical background and then transitioning to, like, entrepreneurship, I'm, like, obsessed with people who kind of follow mm-hmm. that journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. Um, do you want to tell us where our listeners can connect with you online? Yes. So follow me on Instagram. I am hello Nikki B. I also have a website called HelloNikkiB.com. And then my YouTube channel is also called HelloNikkiB. <laughs> so all three channels have the On same brand. Name. 
Yep. And then I also have a TikTok. It's also Hello Nikki B. I'm like still trying to figure out TikTok. It hasn't clicked with me yet. Like, I don't know how to grow on there. But if anyone has advice on that, okay. definitely hit me up. I could choose your expertise. TikTok, I don't understand. <laughs> TikTok is like a hit or miss. You just need one viral video and you're set. Pretty much. I know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think as long as you're consistent on TikTok, what I've noticed is eventually one of them will go viral. And You'll be like a TikTok star overnight. <laughs> the for you page yeah. algorithm. Yes. Yeah. It's it's just it's just so confusing. Like I feel like I feel like everyone's like, oh, find a niche. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I feel like TikTok is so random. You know what I mean? Like you just like it's kind of like Twitter, but like video format where like you just kind of post random things. I agree though. I think well, I mean, there is a like a niche on TikTok that I have seen that is like the no niche niche. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like I feel like there's people for everything. That's true. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sure. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun, and yeah, I can't wait to keep up with everything that you post and everything that uh, you continue doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate it so much, and thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun, and yeah, thanks so much for giving me this opportunity. Like I've wanted to do this for so long, and I'm so glad. You reached out to me. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Perfect timing. Our listeners are going to love it. We were like oh, thinking yeah. the same thing. I was like, let's get Nikki on the podcast. And Nikki's like, I want to <laughs> be on the podcast. Perfect. No, it, was, it was like the stars aligned and it was just perfect. That's awesome. awesome. I think, yeah, you shared some really good stuff with all of us and you know our listeners. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining. Yeah, and yeah we'll course. stay in touch. Okay, listeners, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. If you found this episode helpful, don't forget to leave us a review, share it with your friends. And if you can, you can also support us by leaving a donation at anchor.fm backslash engineering gals. We'll talk to you next Monday. Bye.